You guys hear that? Good evening and welcome back to The Hive. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff, and we are back around the table here at Roadrunner Law Firm, bringing you the latest news and notes about New Mexico United. Joining me tonight, we got a little bit of a smaller crowd tonight. To my right, we've got Josh. Josh, how are you this tonight? Good. How are you, Mr. Seth? I'm doing pretty well. We Good. have a lot of things to get to tonight. First we of do. all, I've I got to say, how are you feeling after this weekend? I know things didn't look too good for you. What are we talking about? Are we talking about my flag football team losing by a point in the last second of the game? Or are we talking about exactly. Chelsea? <laughs> or are we talking about Chelsea getting embarrassed? Chelsea, yeah, that does not look good. We'll get to that here in a little yeah. bit. But, uh, you know. Darn Chelsea. Well, hopefully, hopefully your flag football team you know, didn't disappoint you too bad. <sighs> we, we were up 12 nothing. They scored before half. They got the ball back. It was battle defense in the second half. Uh, we had the last drive. We are at the one, one second left. I call a timeout. I set up the perfect pass play. It got tipped just a little bit. Our receiver had it in his hands, and it dropped. Wow. And he was just, it's emotional. He was full of tears and just very sad. So. What do you pull a little giant skills and stick them? All right. I, I, <laughs> I gave I give it to them. They, you know, eight, nine years old. They play like champions, and that's all I can ask for. Chelsea, on the other hand, play like the Oakland Raiders and yeah. just disappointed me to death, so. <laughs> Well, we'll get it. Like, we'll, we'll get, get into it later. We'll get your thoughts on Christian from listening how the rest of the how the rest of the club did. So, and also tonight sitting across the table, Chris Walker. Chris, how you doing? Man, I'm doing good. It is kind of like Dateline in here, and I do feel bad for Josh because his neck is on the chopping block tonight. Uh oh. Oh, what do you mean by that? What I do? Well, we're gonna get into that soon, but it does definitely does have to relate with Chelsea. All right. So, what, is what, it a girl what? named Chelsea? Yeah, because you're still single, right? Yeah. How do you have an answer for that? Yeah. Okay. Josh, Josh is single lady, so if you're listening in, he's a good guy that I can vouch for. All the single ladies. All right. Well, you, you heard it right there. You know, if you are listening and you're single, you are interested in meeting Josh and hit up Chris <laughs> for whatever reason. Chris will listen it's, to you. It's the seek and strike, yeah. date strikers, Ooh. hotline. <laughs> Look, we need to make sure, ladies, that you like soccer. If you're listening, obviously you are, so that means that Josh is going to be able to hang out more often with us. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> Hey, that's that's the goal. You know, the, the more soccer that we get, Josh watching, the better. Right. And so, you know, like I said, a little bit of an empty your house tonight. Just the three of us. Alicia's not here. How are you doing, Seth? How am I doing? I'm doing pretty well. Busy weekend. You went to Meow Wolf. Tell me about I it. I did. Went to Meow Wolf. Peter was not there. I, I did ask a, a gentleman wearing a quite a dapper outfit uh, with, a, with a microphone. I, he said Peter sometimes shows up, but he's a bit inconspicuous. But uh, he probably dresses up in there, huh? It wouldn't surprise me, you know. <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was great. It was my first time ever going. Went up uh, with the family and, uh, and some friends of ours. And, and you got some snacks along the way, didn't you? Go to Starbucks and they hooked you up. Fast? Yeah, so yeah, we stopped at Starbucks. My wife is, uh, of course, addicted to Starbucks. You know, she knows she is, she'll admit to it. And so we stopped and grabbed her something. And the barista, just as we're getting ready to go, she just laid out the window, asked if. She could throw in a couple of cake pops for the kids. I said, "Yeah, sure, absolutely." So, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen you know, a multinational billion-dollar corporation do something like that before. But uh, 
I'm sorry, I don't have the barista's name. I'd say thank you to you know, to them in person, but yeah, it was it was really cool of them. You know, the kids really love the cake pops, so made their morning, and then you know spent the day out there, and came home and watched some soccer. So a lot of good soccer this weekend. We've got, of course, a lot to get into with that. But before we get uh, any further into our show, those of us who are here and those of us who are not, we are, of course, Seek and Strike Collective. Uh, before we jump into everything we've got going on tonight, we do have some housekeeping to get through. First and foremost, the song you heard at the top of the show is Humor Me by the band California Redemption. If you enjoyed that song and want to find out more about the band, check out more of the music. You can find the band on, on Bandcamp. And, of course, that is California with a K. And, of course, as always, our show is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors. Uh, you already heard me mention Roadrunner Law Firm once. We are here in their offices tonight. And also a huge uh, thank you to Dural Motors, who is, of course, our other sponsor. And for you listening live, you guys know you can, of course, be a part of the show. You can send in your questions by texting us at 505-377-8706. Josh is on the text line. Hopefully we've got some texts coming in already. Oh, we do. All right. We, we'll, we'll get to it later, but there is some messages. All right. right. Can't wait to hear those later. And, of course, you know, on tonight's show, we've got so much to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, last night's match against Portland. We've got next week's matchup against Los Dos coming up. And we're also going to talk about some EPL. Opening weekend just happened. Our clubs had uh, varying outcomes in their matches. Yeah, And shame. we'll get into all that. A lot of soccer. We're also, oh, some other things. we got uh, the U.S. Open Cup finals have been announced. The teams are set. We've also got the Campionius Cup coming up this week. So a lot of big soccer uh, having to do with uh, the U.S. and MLS mm-hmm. going on. Of course, we also have the big news that just came out today. Uh, Kate Mark Graf was hired as a general manager for the U.S. Women's National Team. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with her. She was a former international uh, player and co-captain of the Women's National Team. She had 201 caps as a player. Uh, After her career, she did go on and she did get a degree. uh, And I've got that here. Um, she got her degree in, where is it? Uh, kinesiology, master's degrees in kinesiolo- kinesiology and educational psychology. So what do you guys think about this hiring? Is this a good move for the women's national team? Oh, look at that. I do think it's a good hire. And the reason why I think it's a good hire, Sam, is because I think it's a good hire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only here, so I won't get fined. I'm just playing. Um, I actually uh, missed part of what you said, so you're going to have to repeat yourself. I was over here uh, messing with Josh. Messing with Josh, man. What's right. show going on? Here? All right. I got, so, I, 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 I honestly think it's a good move. I mean, <laughs> it's what the women's soccer team wanted. Um, and, it, and if you're going to hire anybody, why not somebody that's been there before, who's seen it all, who's done it all? So I, I, I think it was a good move, honestly, in my opinion. I think this is what would make – the women's team very happy in terms of they can go to somebody if they need to and it's not like a man figure or anything like that so I think this is the right move good, yeah. good job so part of her her role not just a you know it's not just a general manager in the sense of what we think of as as far as the baseball general mm-hmm. manager you know deciding on players making hirings coaching staff decisions oh, we'll get to that in just a second she's also going to serve as an external liaison to the stakeholders and she's going to help influence, be part of influencing the development of women's soccer within the Federation. So to me, this kind of seems like it's going to have possible, you know, possible academy developments. Could be helping develop it in WSL or other women's leagues. 
to me, this seems very ambitious. And one, one of the first steps she's going to have to do is fill the, the position for Jill, Jill Ellis, who stepped down after the World Cup, as we know. I mean, who do you, you know, first and foremost, you know, what do we see happening as a development aspect for women's soccer? And secondly, who, is there anyone that comes to mind as a possible replacement for Jill Ellis? Do, does it have to be a female coach? Does it have to be a male coach? So a couple loaded, you know, loaded question at the end, but uh, you know, what does this mean for women's soccer in the, in the United States? Well, I think that we got to have someone, obviously, that's going to ultimately just capture the culture of the team. You know what I mean? I mean, they have to have that sort of bond with the ladies, whether it's a guy, whether it's a woman. Um, I think that it's great to see a woman coach as well. Um, but I don't think it really comes down to that. I don't think that that needs to be the issue. Women are very powerful in what they do, and I totally admire so much of how things have shifted that way. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, like, I don't think that these things have to be like just put out there, but ultimately chemistry with the team and just obviously wanting to carry out the mission itself. So I, mean, I think that's what it comes down to. What do you think the possible timeline is on hiring? I mean, World Cup cycle just ended. We right. have about two years, two and a half years until qualifying begins again. How soon do you see a hiring taking place? Is it something that you think needs to happen, you know, sooner rather than later, or is it something that that uh, Kate can go out and take her time and make sure she has the right fit for the squad? I mean, I think that they're going to have to take some time um, because they're going to have to to f figure out what it is they're wanting to do. So I'd say maybe a year, you know? I think, it would, I think it would be about that amount of time. Okay. You know, and I mean, right now they're looking at, you know, they've planted a seed. Obviously, let's see what that does with NWSL. Let's see what that does with WPSL. And there's one other one too. Um, but let's see what it does with the leagues. Let's see what it does as far as talent goes and what the support looks like. Because, I mean, if you remember... Somewhere just after the cup, ESPN Plus did kind of toss a deal over to NWSL. Yeah, for the right of the season, I think it was like uh, 14 matches. Or right, something. right, like select matches. So yeah. essentially, like, that came out of that. So I'm, I'm anticipating that there's going to be more, like, supplementary things that are going to happen. But I think a year, though, yeah. for selecting coverage. Yeah. I think it's, it's probably about right. You definitely don't want to rush into it. We've seen what clubs do. Um, in other scenarios, whether it's a national national team or you know one of the one of the league clubs, you know, mm -hmm. if it might rush into hiring somebody, or we see it all the time in the Premier League, they bring someone in as a stopgap. You know, Sam Allardyce is a big name that Premier League uses, you know, all the time to bring in and potentially save clubs. But that's kind of a reactionary hire. This, I think, you got the opportunity for her to go out and really explore all the different possibilities and you know, really vet a coach that can come in and prepare the ladies for the next World Cup cycle and keep the, the continues keep continuing the success that the US has. So I mean, that's, that's what I think about I think it's a great hire. I think um, you know I think Kate is gonna be incredible in her role and I think she's gonna be I think seeing a, a female, especially a former a former player now stepping up and being into this sort of role is going to benefit women's soccer across the nation in the, for the long term. So, so Fingers yeah, crossed, right? 
I'm sorry? Fingers will cross. Fingers crossed, we can only hope. Speaking of things that we can only hope for, we can certainly only hope for a better result than what we saw last night in Portland. Uh, If if you've had a chance to go take a look at our recap, went up this morning. We know that United lost uh, 3-2. Tough match. Uh, You have an early goal from uh, from Portland last night. We went down 2-0, came back, brought 2-1, fell behind again. And it's just, it was a rough night. I mean, I, I, I was watching at home, and I was kind of catching comments here and there across social media. Uh, I kind of, I didn't do a whole lot of social media myself last night. I was trying to more take it in and see what other people were thinking. And it seemed to me that many folks were saying that we were playing sloppy throughout much of the match. It honestly looked like it. It looked like... I don't know. Maybe the size of the stadium got to them. Not the crowd, but like playing in all an environment. All, no, all no, no, no. Ten, ten. So they were sitting. So you know what? So that crowd thing is what uh, the Rapids did. They basically shut down the other sides. They wanted you just, to see the port, the Portland Timbers to like you know that backdrop. But honestly, so. just watching the guys, it it looked like I don't know. It was eight days off too much? Maybe like did we collect a little dust from the guys? I wouldn't say that because they were off. They had, what, some time off before they played? Yeah, but what happened when they returned? Didn't we lose? That that match, the SLC, the uh, Real Monarchs. But what was the time frame to go to the uh, Sacramento? What is it? Distance. Because it seems like whenever we have a little bit of time off, we kind of get a little sloppy. I wouldn't say that, though, because I think that it's good for them to definitely take some time off and have a rest. I mean... Yeah, you could play concurrently like that, but I don't think that it's the rest that, that dictates that because of the fact that um, that I just don't think that's a factor. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I just I don't I don't think that that makes them stagnant. I think it's got to be more about like I, I mean you've touched on this earlier. It's got to be like maybe their drive or desire, you know, and and each person's different. So. Did they go into that match kind of not really feeling it? Who knows? You know, did they come out and things were just not as dialed in as they like were trained with? You know. So after the final Open Cup match that we had against Minnesota United, that was on July tenth. We had the match on the thirteenth uh, at Fresno, and then there was an eleven day break between there and Sacramento, and we beat Sacramento two one. Exactly. So. To your point, Josh, I honestly think that we were playing sloppy. I saw people saying that. You know, I get across both you know, Twitter and Reddit. But if you look at statistically, we dominated that first half as far as possession. We had nearly almost 62% possession in the first half. We put eight shots, none of which were on target. I think that's where the problem is. We couldn't find the frame in that first half. We saw we had movement. We had clean passing. We, you know, yes, there were some moments of sloppiness, but I think a lot of, and to me, I think some of that has to do with the 11 that we put out there. You know, I saw I saw the starting 11, and we had both Dev and Kev up top. We've seen that in the past. But to me, in recent weeks, we've seen Chris up top right. instead of either Dev or Kev. To get the, you know, I think that mix in there, and it's nothing against any of them, but I think there's something about Chris and Kev or Chris and Dev that works better than Dev and Kev up top. 
And just watching it, having Chris drop back into the midfield, he was almost non-existent. And, you know, we could, you know, Troy, we trust, but it just didn't seem to work quite right. What were they in as a formation? Uh, four four one one. Timbers two were in a four four one one. Oh no, they were they were in a four four two. Okay. So Timbers two Timbers two were in a four four two. We were in a four four one one. So they countered. Yeah. Formations. I mean, I guess they get to dictate it as a home team, right? So. Um, I mean, I guess you could say that, but I, I mean, it, it's Timbers have not been good at home. So it's not like they had any sort of home field advantage, really. Right, because they lost last five, right? They've they, they have been winless since June. Do you think... Here's a question. Do you think we play down to a team's uh, capability? I don't necessarily think we play down, but I think that at times some of the matches don't quite get us up enough. And it's not that it's not that we're playing down, but it takes us longer to get going. The reason why I say that is because it seems like we'll go into a house like Phoenix and play through the roof. Mm-hmm. And mind you, that was an early, an early Phoenix that wasn't in form, but still they were champions before, right? They were. But then when we play against a Sacramento or Las Vegas, initially we're like, oh, bottom of the table. So the efforts are very minimal. But then when we play a team like the Sacramento this other time, you know, or Real this other time, all of a sudden it's like now we're playing up there because of where they sit in the table. Now it's like more of a challenge. We have to beat this team because they're a top three table team. Like two one. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I don't necessarily think that's it. When we play here at home, we play the club plays in front of 13, 14,000 folks every single week. Mm-hmm. And the club draws on that energy. Going to empty stadiums like we saw at Providence Park. Now, the announced attendance was like 2,600 or something like that, which was a far cry from where you couldn't hear the fans. You could hear the players barking at each other. You could hear the coaches yelling. You couldn't hear the crowd. I don't, I don't, say, I don't think there were 2,600 people there. I saw about 18. But, and I think that has a lot to do with it. When you're playing in front of I said so few people, you don't really have that buzz going on around you. You don't have that energy in the stands that's helping the players feed off of it. So I hear that, but I'd have to counter you on this one because think about the times they played switchbacks in an empty stadium and they came out and they womp them like 2-3-0. The thing is, is that we played, like the guys played in front of 14,000, if you remember the sack loss, that was 14,000, you know? Mm-hmm. That was a 3-0 loss in our own stadium. So I, I, as much as I want to say, I want to be like, yeah, you know, it's the, the size of the crowd that dictates whether or not our team wins or not. I truly do believe that they are not playing the same level on every match. I think it the, the, the 100% that we see changes. Because if they played everyone the same way they played OC and or- and Phoenix at the very beginning where they came in and they said this is our house and then they were on the road if they played every team straight through the same way then that would be it but they're obviously dropping like what they're doing they're taking some times off some nights off where it's like okay like we never play like this Las Vegas we never played like that 5-1 loss 
I mean, we took it on an off there. Well, you got to think, too. Las Vegas, that was in the middle of our Open Cup trip. We had a lot of matches in a very short period of time at that point. And I honestly think they, they took the night off. They I definitely think we, we, had an, we had an unusual team sheet out that night. Mm-hmm. It wasn't our usual guys. And so that played a lot into it. And going through all the matches, I mean, Troy would disagree with you. He would say there is no difference in intensity. There is no difference in energy level. Again, we saw the movement. I don't know we that. Saw I, he would, he would, I would agree with you. He would say that the energy is up at times. But could Troy truly say that, hey, this guy gave his all and this guy gave his all? When we look at the screen, we're like, dude, this guy totally let a few go through. And clearly, he wasn't getting back on time. Whoa, so how this guy's Who would you call out then? Who would I call out? Yeah. Who would I call out? Yeah, who would you call out from last night's match that let a few get by, that wasn't giving you 100%? Who do you think that that was? I don't think it's so much about who let it get by, though, because if you look back there, Tete, like, played, like, extra goal. Like, he was, like, he was back there helping Mizell. I think you just look at the movement on the ball, right? Because there are times when, I mean, they're supposed to be moving around. There's When a, when a guy has a ball, he's passing to another guy. There's supposed to be, like, a third guy that's in movement, too. There's supposed to be options. When your defenders don't have options because of the fact that, People aren't moving around. I mean, that's those are the things that happen. You know what I mean? Or just look at the chance creation. Look at, you know, that. We've seen chance creation in previous matches. We've seen them be clever on the ball. We've seen Freighter deflect into, into corners of the pitch. We've seen we had to take it up the side and do cross pass. But when you're not seeing that, it's like, okay, well, where did that go? Do you know what I mean? So I'm not really focused on calling someone out. I just think that as a collective they didn't necessarily have that sort of energy that they had when they played El Paso, if you will. And I understand El Paso, what, what that looked like for El Paso, but they played these two teams differently. Timbers is a little bit more tougher, even though they've been losing matches. They're a little bit more bigger, and they're physical. Bigger and physical, you arguably, yes, you could say that. But you can't say that they didn't. But look at, come on, look at how fired up he was last night. But look at how he lost everything because of a few things that didn't go right, right? The calls, the shot, the PK miss. I mean, dude, his whole demeanor changed. And then it was like, I'm going to kind of carelessly foul someone. Well, like, you no, saw that. Like that but you saw it change. Oh, I mean, he, he, he definitely, you know, the, the string of bad, bad luck or bad you know, moments that he had did lead up to that. But at no point did his intensity drop off. At no point did I see him not try. Well, I wouldn't say that his intensity dropped off because, like I said, he committed 100% to, like, the way his attitude changed. But I think that not just to focus on Kevon Freighter, like, you saw it. Like, we had a string of guys getting yellows. It was a point where things got physical. Bruce came in, even Bruce drew a yellow. That was a smart foul. Yeah, and so what I'm saying is that the game changed. It changed at a point where it was just like, kill or be killed. Like, it, that's where it went. You know, it wasn't like this tame thing. I don't know that it goes, goes so far as to say it was a kill or be killed type of You know what I'm saying. Type of it, play. it changed. No, you have to look at the match as a whole. Like, we give up the, the, the minute, the, the goal in the third match. Great shot by Langsdorf. Can't fault him for that. Third set piece we've conceded from in two matches. 
that's a problem. Now, let me ask you this. Where was the score line when Bruce came in? Well, when Bruce came in, it mm-hmm. was 2-0. Uh, okay. We scored right after Bruce came in. Okay, 2-1, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, that was Santi's they goal. They drew the foul for 3-1. Uh, Wharton, yeah, that was the penalty. <laughs> such an awful penalty. It was horrible, yeah. It was, that it, was such a soft ball. Yeah, they, they played the ball off. Yes, it was a foul, but he wasn't in possession. It, it wasn't a, a goal-scoring opportunity for him. He wasn't in the act of shooting. So Larry didn't know what even happened. He was like, what? Yeah. Manny was like, dude, no way, that guy. Yeah. No, I, yeah, that, that penalty should not have been called at all. I mean, and, you know, right around there, too, Devin, Devin's rocket went off the goal, went off the, off the post. Mm-hmm. Man, two inches to the left, it's a 2-2 match. Top shelfer. You know? And it's just... You know, and Manny got sent off. I mean, there's honestly there's some soft fouls. Oh yeah, you saw you saw Troy at the edge of his. They, well, they commented he was outside of his technical area. I mean, that's not the first time I've seen him go that far down the down the pitch either. Yeah, it just there were so many things that worked against us. I mean, you look at a four four two that is a more defensive formation that they put out there, but it's not something that we can't beat. I don't even know how Freighter missed that kick. Now that I think about it, when they showed the perspective, yeah. I'm like, that just seems like he had as much. I mean, the guy went the same way. You know, it seemed like he had enough space, but that thing just went well, PK? super high. Yeah, the keeper went the opposite direction. You're right, but it, it went super high. I'm like, yeah. that, that would have changed some things. Yeah, that would have changed it as well. I mean, you can look at any number of moments in the match and say that could have been a, a that could have made a difference. You know, like I said, two inches to the left on Devin. You know, Freighter's PK of that goes in. It's a completely different match. If the foul, if the penalty doesn't get awarded to Portland, which it shouldn't have been, again, another moment that changes that match. Look at Estrada coming in. I mean, like, let's not, let's let's make sure we give praise to Santi's shot because that was beautiful. That yes. angle was tight. I liked it. The nutmeg into the top shelf. The, the reaction, my reaction to that was, oh, my Lord. Like, that thing yeah. was... It was a sharp kick. I mean, obviously, I would love to have been, like, right behind him to see, like, exactly how he snuck that one in. And, like, they showed the replay, like, through the guy's legs. Yeah. But look at the Estrada comes in. I mean, I'm pretty sure Portland thought that the team, the game was over. So, for the fact that, you know, the Estrada comes in and just puts one in, I'm like, okay. Like, yeah. we're right back in this thing. It looks like it was going to be the same sort of match we had before. I mean, we definitely had opportunities we, even there at the end, you know, pull Cody forward. There's a chance to equalize right at right at the death. But unfortunately, we can't do it. You can see Cody telling, I, I think it was David over on the left who had the ball at that point, to play it in. And then when he didn't, the referee blew the whistle. It's just. Uh, My question is, why haven't we seen that more from Santi? That's the same question we've been asking. Mm-hmm. It's not for a lack of trying on some pieces. I don't think it is a lack of trying. I think it's the lack of opportunity for him to, and for him to. I think that's some of it. That's the old uh, Santi that we saw at the beginning of the year. Remember, Santi was fearless at the beginning yeah. of the year. Wasn't he leading the Golden Boot race for such the mm-hmm. longest time? Yeah, him and yeah, him yeah, him both. Were, yeah, we're both up there. It was good to see Santi because that was one guy I was worried about. With Santi, was yeah. why isn't this guy getting the goals again? Why he he, well, can, he creates opportunities. 
but he's not taking advantage of those opportunities that he's been given. And when he scored the other night, we all said, that's the Santi that we've been looking for. Yes. He took the shot that we've seen him make throughout the season mm -hmm. that he hadn't been taking. And then, you know, here, two goals in, what, a week and a half now? But look at where he took those shots, though. He took this one on the right side. Yeah. Normally, everyone's been marking him on the left channel the whole time. Where did he take the one on the open cup? Right in front, because he was fed through a pass. So, I mean... Troy has said in press conferences that you know that they like to send stuff right down the middle, so that's fine when teams like to double up on the sides. However, when you got him on the side and Weehan on the side, and they're both coming through that same right channel or the left channel, I mean that's obviously going to make some things difficult, you know. So so having having him on the right side, I mean we could agree that that was a an angle we haven't seen. I mean, when Bruce is on the right side, that's also a great thing because teams have gotten used to everything being on the left side or being like right up front. You got like three, you know, the goal scorers are right there. So, well, let me ask you this: you know, you, you talk about Santi being moving around, being on the left, or being on the right. You know, when Bruce was on the right, it tends to open things up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. He's able to play the ball, and he's gotten a couple goals now. Did we have the right eleven at last night? Did we have the right starting eleven? I mean, looking at our at our lineup, uh, of course, Cody, you have Manny, Josh, Pete, Schmidt, Guzman, mm -hmm. Akamatsu, uh, Chris, Santi, and of course, Kevin Depp. Mm -hmm. Was that the right starting eleven? I think so. And the reason why is because, I mean, they had Wharton and Williamson, right? Uh, yeah. So they needed some size match, too. I mean, you got to have... I mean, Kevin Dev up there for size match. That's definitely one thing. Because if we're giving up things on set pieces and you got a couple of guys that are the leading chance creators for Portland, as they, those two are, Wharton and Williamson, uh, you got to have some bodies on those guys, that's for sure. I mean, we know if we have Hamilton, we might have we might have utilized him for that as well. But if you're needing height, why not, you know, then we don't say have a whole lot of height on, but, but, on our roster. But, but, you know, but even, like body too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Ethan would be a good fit. It, it, you know, he would have been a good matchup in there. Talking about your know, body size and you know to be physical, I think Ethan could have been a good match for it. I think he's a good passer, but I don't. As far as putting a body on someone, I think that's where you got Devin. I mean, he's he is a big body, and you and you know he's not only is he good for the trash goals up front that everyone likes to talk about with the little the little sitters, but I mean, it's gives a good body up there to kind of obstruct the view. And that's what we do need that up there too. Oh, absolutely. I'm not saying we don't. You know, you know, mm -hmm. just looking at the lineup, maybe put, you know, instead of Manny, put Ethan. You know, just for that body presence. Manny's not the big physical presence. You know, and Manny played well. Mm -hmm. You know, his fouls were questionable. You know, I, I think Kenny didn't have his best performance of the season last night. Mm -hmm. I, you know, he was definitely putting in the effort, but he didn't have didn't have results. You know, he didn't really create anything. He didn't really you know, drive that lane to create openings for Santi or for you know, for Kev or Chris to get in there and, and play the ball in. Now, I think when Dan, when Bruce came in, I think his energy, mm -hmm. his ability to, to move and create helped open that up. So, and that's just my opinion. Yeah, I think that those two are used differently. Though. They have two different types of games. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not... You know, because this, this is where obviously Troy would... And this makes sense that we're saying all this Troy stuff because, you know, this is like the week of his one year. 
uh, anniversary. So we'll go ahead and just kind of just throw his name out there a few more times. <laughs> um, but uh, Troy would say that the energy between Kenny and, and Bruce, not different. You know, perhaps the way they play or what they're being utilized for when they're going in, maybe different strategy wise. But uh, you know, I mean, everyone doesn't have a great day at the office. You know, so right. No, I get that. You know, I, it just anytime you see a match like this where you've got just so many little moments, you know, what could have been done differently? You know, what could what could have been a difference made in the in the eleven? I think that what could have been done is they need to close down the gaps. Like that's what I, was, I wrote about in that Q and A that I had with Salim Muhammad. Is like they needed to close down the gaps. They needed to, um, you know, shift right to right or from right to left. They needed to disrupt is what they needed to do. And you watched the game. There were so many times that they didn't close down. I mean, those are most of the comments that you saw in the Facebook group. Close down the gaps. Yeah. You know, like step in, step inside there, like. You know, those are things that need to happen. Yeah. Right, that goal from Sier- from Sierkowski, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, he was so far out, you don't really expect, you know, guys like Sierkowski to take a shot from, from that distance. Yeah, some other strategy they wanted, though, is they wanted to leave the defenders with the ball. And they wanted to basically just totally mark up everyone in the middle so the defenders had to, had to have long passes because they felt that they can get the second balls then. So obviously that's what they were shooting for. Didn't quite play out that way. Yeah, and an unfortunate side effect from, from this match is that, you know, looking forward to next weekend against the uh, Galaxy 2 is that we will not have Josh Stubbs right. and we will not have Manny Vigia. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people so. on Facebook were very disappointed about Manny yeah, not being able to play. I, I mean, like I said, I think Manny should have gotten... A yellow, I don't think he deserved both. Yeah. But I mean, it's the referee's decision, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and we all know how poor the USL referees are. Three blind mice. Three yeah. blind mice. So <laughs> missing two of our two of the major components of our back line. I mean, how how is this going to affect us against Galaxy? Who do we plug in? Because we're going to kind of without with missing. Missing those two guys due to the yellow cards. Josh, of course, it's accumulation, five yellows. Sam's out. Who do we throw in there? Well, I mean, you're going to throw in Yearwood for Suggs because that's where he's been playing, mm-hmm. and you're going to throw in Ethan for Padilla. So, I mean, that'll be it. That's, that case is solved right now. Um, you see Josh Goss? No, <laughs> you probably won't. You probably won't. But, uh, but I saw him the other day. Yeah. He's alive and well. Um, but, well we saw him at, we saw him at Cardiff. Yeah, I mean, I saw him. I saw him the other day at the facility. Man, he was there. He was there. I couldn't believe it, but uh, he was there. Um, but anyways, uh, no, I mean that's Yearwood and, and Ethan. I mean that's who you're gonna throw in, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's you know, anytime you run, anytime you run short of players, it makes it hard. And so you know, if you have Ethan and Austin in there, I mean that leaves us nobody on the bench. From a different These game. guys are going to have to be careful on Saturday. Attitudes are going to have to be in check. We I don't think them. they'll flare so much against Galaxy 2. Yeah, against Galaxy um, Do you um, remember the first time they played Galaxy 2? This is what happened. They took advantage of the side that Ethan was on 
and Hamilton was on, and they sent a lot of chippy balls in that area. They served a lot of crosses in that area mm-hmm. to the point where Troy had to put in Estrada to kind of break up some of the penetration that was happening on that side of the pitch. So, I mean, there we kind of got to get... Ethan's a great passer. I mean, I looked him up the other day, 81%. So he's good. Like, he's got the best pass percentage in the back line for sure. So that's going to be good. It's just knowing the Galaxy is going to send... They're going to play on parts of the of the pitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're looking for speed. They're looking for where they can out, you know, and they're going to counter. I mean, they we're in a 5-4-1 for crying out loud, like the last time we played them. You know, we were trying to take the game away from them. They switched out. Well, so what do we do offensively? I mean, we didn't necessarily struggle, but we couldn't put anything on frame. Well, do you remember we were, like, down uh, 1-0 in that match? We were down 1-0, um, and what we did differently, and I'm not sure where the score came in, if we had that score line in the first half or the second half, um, but what we did to get on the board is we essentially, like, just held them to defense. We defended the, the deficit, and then we were able to get on, on, the, on the board at that point. So it was 1-1. And then, even then, that's when they kind of switched their formation in the back line. I mean, they were just trying to come out of that match with, with at least one point. That was, like, right after the FC Dallas match. Yeah, I thought the, the match. So, uh, it was 1-1 before the half. Okay. So, yeah, Kevon got the, got the goal. Brucey with the assist. Um, in front of 1,310 people in LA. There wasn't a lot there, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think a good amount of them were New Mexico United fans. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and, of course, you know, Saturday ma- Saturday's match is going to be back here in Albuquerque. Um, Love yeah. those. Yeah, most of those. I mean, they've been playing better of late. They have. Uh, they're 3-2-0 in the last five. You know, they've got some guys that are really coming on for them. You know, and I think... I'm trying to pull up all my pages here real quick. They got a new signing. I'll, t- I'll say, talk to that while you're okay. while you're looking that up. I looked it up today. They got uh, Mohamed Kamara. He's from Bundesliga SC Paderborn. Uh, and just a little bit about him. Um, he made seven appearances with their second team. And he scored eight goals and one assist. And he's a forward for them, too. So, so potentially you see this gent in the match as well. When did they bring him in? Uh, they just recently signed him. He's made like one appearance. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's a chance he'll he'll be a part of the match. Yeah, he's um, he's definitely already got a little time. So yeah, it's just like I said they're one of the teams that's been playing better. Um, like the standings are still loading here. I mean, they've got a very good attack. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that we're gonna have to be prepared for. Uh, so Galaxy is now up to eighth in the standings. Yeah, they they have been a lot lower for much of the season. Um, they're only one point behind us now. That's the crazy thing about the standings, if you think about it. I mean, El Paso is not even in the top ten right now. So it's like things can change. I mean, like if we didn't pull any points from this match, I mean, Galaxy is sitting above us at 35 points. Yeah. And that all of a sudden puts us down towards you know so things are changing so you know, for, for you the, for you listeners out there it's like you know I mean some of you probably already know it and others you're kind of you know, riding along with us on this journey but 
the tables can change match to match. And if looking at the standings here, between 12th and 5th, two games, you're back in it. Two wins, you're back in it. Yeah. Two, and it. It reminds me of watching the NBA in the Western Conference. Like, you got your your first and your second, right? You know, you got right. your... Yeah, you're too best, but anything could happen. There's still there's still plenty of games to go, but every win is now considered crucial. Well, look at San Antonio, right? They, they they're, they're about, at thirty points. They spoke about them on the USL website. Did you see that? They're talking about how they're just holding on to that spot and they were not going anywhere. And it's like they're that's a, an opponent we have in two weeks. We have San Antonio on the twenty fourth. So I mean, they're sitting down there. I mean. A win against us, you know, ultimately, you know, puts them in a good position. Okay, because um, we got San Antonio and then we got Orange County. I mean, we just gave Portland three points, so that just put them right up, right beneath, right above us, right. So, and we, I mean, the the next games we got are all winnable. They're very winnable. I mean, San Antonio, Orange County, Oklahoma City, and then you got Colorado Springs, and then we got a real test with Reno. Yeah. But this is your time right now where you need to get these points. Even draws aren't going to help you at this time right now. You need the, the victories. You need those three points at home. Draws on the road, maybe that's fine because that's what you're looking at. Be still a point. Speaking of Orange County, did you see the fourteen-year-old signee? Oh yeah, that? yeah. Fourteen-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Right. We just we we signed a seventeen-year-old kid. So, but it's like he's fourteen. A, this guy is like signed to the team. Like he could play as soon as August seventeenth. That kid, can, that kid is younger than my nephew. He will not make it into a starting lineup. Here's the problem I have he with won't. this. He's no Freddie Adu. Here's the problem. Uh-huh. I, here's the problem I have with this is I know that I know that they're good, right? I know that that you're reading stats on them. I mean, our our guy gave Legendary seventeen. He's the Gatorade Player of the Year for New Mexico. He's got fifty nine goals. He scored thirty two of them last year. Um, you know, standout player, stud player, like. I would love to see that guy go try out for, like, the U-20, right? Because it makes sense that he would be someone who might have a good chance at that, amongst other things. But what I'm worried about is, you know, this 14-year-old is, I mean, what is that hit going to feel like? What's that physicality going to feel like? Do you know what I mean? Because that's a 14-year-old body going against, like, someone who's, like, 30. That is a big difference. Uh, Portland did have, you know, a couple, I think I had a 16-year-old, 17-year-old playing last night, but yeah, it's, I think we're getting hit ourselves. San Antonio's down the road. It's I'm, more wor- I'm more worried about low stuff mm-hmm. We have a chance you know, with three points to potentially jump back up in the fourth spot on the table. We had a chance to do it last night. We didn't do it. You know, but we've got to deal with guys like Ethan Zubak. You know, yeah. The last time we played Galaxy, uh, the pie scored for them. Mm-hmm. You know, so they've got options. Do we have the body right now to deal with it? You know, do we see a change up top? You know, going back to what I said earlier, do we see maybe you know, Kev and Chris up top? Do we or do we see something different? You know, how do we deal with the the players that are even coming at us from the Los Dos roster? So I'm just pulling up something I saw in there. Ooh, that's horrible. Galaxy sent down Efren Alvarez. You know who that is, right? He's like 16 years old, or he's 17 now. And he's someone that's lost on, was like, let the kid play now, he's ready. So, I mean, if he's playing, like, I don't like, I don't like our chances with that. 
And I'm just going to say it just because Kid obviously can play. He's been playing against, like, a high-level talent. So Well, the kid handled the lab, though. The kid handled the lab. Can he handle the crowd? Can he handle the New Mexico fans? I like, mean, he's playing in front of Galaxy's crowd and other MLS teams. 1,300 people. Who? For those dubs. No, but I'm saying he played Galaxy. Did, did he was on their starting roster, though? Was yes, he actually playing? Yes, he was starting rosters. Lotson told them let the kid play. He played like two or three games, or at least a bit. Just because he goes, goes into Atlanta and 72,000 people. Now he's going to come in the. But you know how many people are at a LA Galaxy MLS game? 5,000. Oh <laughs> Get out of here. You're unrealistic. You need to watch soccer. I think there's more at a Chargers game than there's an LA oh Galaxy my gosh. game. <laughs> But, you know, if you got the main guy, the line himself, saying, hey, let the kid play, I'm just saying I think he's he's got a high regard. So, you know, whether he has the chemistry with this team, that's what you're looking at, right? We'll see. So so, it, so Alvarez made, let's say, five appearances for Galaxy this year. Two of those appearances were in Open Cup, and that's where he got his goals. Mm-hmm. No goals in MLS play. But his assists, his assists are nice, though. I'll have to look it up somewhere else. Yeah, you have to look it on the MLS page. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see you know what this kid can do. Um, it's just going to come down to this. Like, you know, when we're playing these MLS or these uh, sorry these MLS sides, right? These USL Championship MLS two sides is that you have to think about who they're sending them, mm-hmm. right? Because for all we know, I mean, they could load the roster that day. I mean. You know, we saw earlier this year when we played against Rio Grande Valley and they sent down, like, half the Dynamos. You know what I mean? Like, a couple of days before. So... Well, that's the problem with these two teams is that you have no idea what the roster is going to be like from week to week. And, of course, it's also negative for the twos because they have to... They train with, you know, their normal set of guys and then all of a sudden five people get sent down. Right. And then they have to... They get, like, two hours to train with them. And that's it. And it's hard for both sides to prepare so, does that negatively impact them? And what are your thoughts on the scoreline for this weekend? Josh? I, 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 team chemistry is always going to be a big thing, in no matter what sport you play. So, you got to have chemistry with the guys. And if you keep sending them up, it's like minor league baseball. You know, you, you see the guys going up, but sometimes they fit in perfectly without a hesitation. Sometimes they just don't. It just, it, it just depends on the situation where you're at in standings. So I think right now, yeah, it could work for Los Dos. I'm, I know. We're, we'll see. Um, um, but my prediction for this game is we're going to come out 2-1 on this one. 2-1? Yeah. 2-1. I think it's going to be close. I think it's we're going to get that final goal within the final minutes. I think it's going to be 86, 87th minute. Weehan or Freighter steps up, knocks it in. Chris? Mm. I don't feel confident about this match. Sorry, guys. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, yeah, uh, are my school, my new school candies all dusted and dirty <laughs> over here? What? What? Chris gonna pick against United? I'm sorry, man, but I I just think we're looking at uh, the biggest fangirl of the United is cheering <laughs> against him. Hey, man, I'm sorry, man. Nil nil. It's we 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 take a point, but I don't think that we win this one. Nil nil. Nil nil. You don't think we sniff the goal? No, but I think the reason why is because for one, you're losing, you're missing a couple of pieces, so that's going to take a, a toll on team morale. And I think that you know, looking at how we played. Galaxy the first time they were low on the on the chart and we went in there and I didn't think that our performance against Galaxy 
was the same performance that we've had against other teams that were in the same position. Um, so I'm concerned that, you know, and I'll even say this, if we're, if we're, if there are points on the board, it's still a draw because I think that uh, Galaxy serves the cross well in the box. And those are the times where folks just can't get the ball out and it, it just gets stuffed in. I mean, that was the case with Galaxy the first time. I mean, and, and within five minutes, there were like five or six chances in the air right there. And then eventually one found its way in the back of the net behind Cody. So um, if we got points on the board, 1-1, but I honestly think it's nil-nil. Like, they do a great job defending, like, a deficit – or, I'm sorry, a, a even scoreline. No points are allowed, but I don't think they create enough chances in this match. So one thing that does go against Galaxy, I mean, it's those those, is they have conceded a lot of goals. They have conceded 40, uh, 47 goals on the season already. That's over two goals a match. United is a high-scoring club. I think we're going to see a little bit of a change up top. I think we're going to see maybe Kevin Chris, because that has been working really well of late. We're going to see, you know, I don't know, put Salih there in the middle. Maybe Juan Pablo. I think it helps short up the middle there. And I think we're going to see Daniel in place of Kenny on the right. Because you've got to open up the field. You've got to create chances. Well, there's going to be that rotation. He's going he's to put them there. Well, not sure. even necessarily just rotation. Even if Bruce had played in the last night against Portland, I think we see Bruce again. Because I think he has been more productive than Kenny. That's not to say Kenny's been, been bad this season. I just think Bruce right now, right now is seeing the pitch better. He's seeing the passes, he's seeing what's open, he's creating those chances. I like what we can do. Yes, we're going to be thin on the back line. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to... Okay, wait. The only other person that you could see there instead of Austin... Okay, no, Austin starts. Mm-hmm. But you know who comes in for him? Madden. Because Madden has dropped back to that, that side. He has. Too. He played um, OC, and he played in Vegas that way, too. Yeah. Right. And then they shift someone else around. Yeah, you probably see Tommy on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it, no matter how you look at it, we're going to be thin on the back four. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the 2-1 scoreline. I think Karenia is going to get it for Galaxy. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know who's going to get it for us, but I think... If we see something, it's like Santi and Bruce. Is it going to be a banger from forty out, or do you think it's just going to be a <laughs> let's just let's just sweep it under the rug like banger up front? It's not going to be a, a Rooney you know, midfield shot. It's, it's not, not going to be a Mizell a Mizell for the win because no. I, I would love to see that too. <laughs> hey, Tim Tim Howard's done it, so you know. No, I, it's not gonna, I think it's gonna, just going to be something that opens up near the in or around the top of the box. Or do you think it's going to be a peak win? I could see I, I could see a PK happening. I don't, I don't, whether or not it's going to be the winner, I don't know. But I could see it so, something in around the top of the box, maybe Santi uh, or even Bruce, you know, from that area, like, kind of towards like the top right corner of the box. Yeah. I could see that area opening up with a movement from from Chris and Kev. I need to see more chances take created. Like if you look at the chance creations, like obviously our top three scorers got. The majority of the chances. I mean, Freyer, Weehan, and 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 uh, Moore, they have all the chances, right? But everyone else after that is like around 16, 17. 
So, you know, to me, like, let's get more chances going on, and then I might feel a little bit better about a different scoreline. But currently, you know, if your top scorers are your, also your top chance creators, yeah. So I know, I know we're up against the break, but before we do that, I do want to talk real quick about Premier League this past weekend. Oh, here it just, comes. We'll just spend a few minutes on this. Uh, Josh is giving the stink eye over here to Chris. Boom. Uh, as our listeners know, Chris is, of course, a... <coughs> man <coughs> Pew. I mean, Man you. A Man you supporter. The Toltec. Josh is, of there. course, a you know, Chelsea supporter. Kind of us. Uh, man U defeated Chelsea 4-0. Four, and guess who got the hat trick? Come on, come on, give it to me, give it to me. I'm sorry, what? I, I who, got, who got the hat trick? <laughs> you know who got it, Rashford. Yeah, Rashford with a hattie. Hattie, and and, and who got the fourth goal? He's Our done. new signing, Daniel James, yeah. got got on the account right there. We almost mm-hmm. had uh, Mason Greenwood get a point too. So four nil, Josh. You could have came to Toltec. They had like four people there, or four, four people, people, four people there, four people there supporting, uh, su- supporting Chelsea. I saw the servers. picture. Yeah, I saw, saw the that. picture. Yeah, and uh, so we're sitting really nice. Uh, I actually uh, gave Tyler a shout today because you know Tottenham Spurs had won, but they won three one, and you know Tyler was quick to say, "Hey, three one four nil, three points are just the same." And I said, "Yep, yeah, but it's where you're sitting on the table that makes the difference." And he laughed and he hung up on me, but. Said, what's matter. How did Everton do, man? So, well, we're not there yet. We're going to, you know, I like, so we know that you're high on man after the opening. After the hey, and I just want to give a shout out to my uh, Albuquerque Red Devils uh, a supporters group that we meet at Toltec. I'm sitting here rocking the scarf hard Dude, on the show. Dude, he's rocking four scarves right now. What I the heck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> so, you're high on them. Josh, what did you take away from the Chelsea? I have the blues, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You have the blues. I love how fun you um, have big fun over here. Like I said, I just I didn't really watch the game in full time. I watched highlights of it. And, you know, this week, earlier this week, we lost David Luiz. Yeah. Uh, he got transferred over. Um, and, you know, it's the first game of the year. I'm not worried. Um, you know, Chelsea finished third last year. Yeah, we were 20 points behind, but... You know, we were still up there. We're still a threat to mess with. I mean, Chelsea's always going to be a top dog, no matter what you think. It's just right now, you know, we've been through coaching changes. Uh, we've been losing players. We signed the new American, uh, who, who's still a stud over there, but unfortunately well, he, he just made had his first appearance. Yeah. What did you think of his? <laughs> got <Yeah>. upset. <laughs> yeah, he was. It wasn't the greatest. I mean, for, I mean, he, he's probably. I'd be heck of nervous too. You know, different fan base over there. Yeah. Um, you probably you know case of the nerves it happens. Hey, know? look! When Chelsea, I played football in Texas, it was a lot different than playing football in New Mexico. Hey, I'm not saying that Chelsea is a step down to Everton. Chelsea is reputable, but that's a four nil win over Chelsea on opening yeah, day. Yeah, I mean, you look at those in the past. We beat you three nil, four nil, and it's it's just the way it happens. How many more times do we play each other this year? Probably like four or five. So it's just like one more, <laughs> one, yeah. one other, but oh, it's cool. Thanks yeah. for playing. See, it's a home All right, so and, and of course, you know, I'm an Everton supporter. Oh yes, we we drew with Palace. Not to be unexpected, that Palace is a is a good club. But it's always a close match with them. Uh, what did it, you do for my fantasy team? Let me see. We That's did fun. have uh, we had Schneiderlin get sent off, unfortunately. So Everton, ten men dominated. 
time of possession, uh, nearly 65% of the match. Um, you know, there are opportunities early. You know, the, we had an injury to, to Andre Gomes, which obviously hurt us. But we did see the, uh, the debut of a couple of our new signings. So the guys put in a shift. You know, uh, some of the guys just got signed you know, in the, uh, on deadline day. So it's gonna take a, I think it's going to take a week or two for them to gel together. I'm not worried about House is always a tough match. See, I'm the same with um, you. I'm not worried about a four. Well, yeah, because well, yeah, you didn't score now, any points. Like, now, you if, get we any lost points. To like, if yeah. it was Sheffield, I'd be a little bit more worried. But again, it's week, match week one. So there's not really a lot. To I can't wait to hear Seth's reaction when like when Chelsea loses. I'm sorry, when Chelsea beats Everton. I'm sorry, I almost like gave you points. Uh, the last time we played, we beat Chelsea. The so, last time. Yeah, but you know, I'm, like not, he, I'm not. I'm not. Josh is. Josh isn't worried. Hey, I'm, I, waiting, I'm waiting for Man U to start losing, and Chris jump ship. Well, to right? Man City. I wouldn't. Oh, that's that will matter. So, so real quick, we've got you know everyone's in, in play again this weekend. Man U's got Watford. I'm sorry, no, they're not Wolves. Watford. Not Watford. Wolves. It's Wolves. Yeah. So Wolves. So Wolves drew in their Bruce, first match. Bruce's squad. Bruce's club. Yeah. What What do you think is going to happen this weekend for Man U? Dude, it's just going to be a whopping. Like Matt Manu, Ozana Terra again. Okay. I thank you to see more Rashford points. I hope you have them on your fantasy league. Do you have one? Did you sign up one? No, I don't. What? No. I'm disappointed in you, Seth. <laughs> I have a fantasy team. Go for it. Do you have one, Josh? I got three fantasy footballs, yes. No, you need a soccer one. Get out of here. <laughs> Dude, I don't follow it enough to. That's your problem. You're on a soccer See, pod. we got a hard one this weekend. We got freaking Liverpool. And. Yeah. Seth, you Seth, Seth, you need a sign. Oh, sorry. So it says, United's it says A14 United. Liverpool. The U, the UFA uh, Super Cup. Oh, that, we're not worried about that. We're not worried about yeah. UEFA. Well, we're, gonna get, <laughs> we're talking about Premier League. You guys are going to lose Liverpool, no doubt. But, oh, yeah. my goodness. And you can go over to Star Brothers because Star Brothers, they, they, they split. Did you hear that? It's like Arsenal and Liverpool supporters huh. in the same room. They, right. they drew with Wolves, so... So yeah, you got you got Leicester this weekend. What happens for Chelsea? Give us that two one. Two one. I like that number today. Two one. You better watch that match too, because I need you to like. I need you to be confident in that two one scoreline that you just threw out there. Uh, and yeah. Everton is back home at Goodison. We've got Watford. Um, how do you think you're gonna do? How do you think we're gonna do? I mean, Are you guys gonna open up some points this time or what? Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put something on the Watford lost to who did they lose to? They lost to Bright. 3-0 to Brighton. Mm. That's mm. not a good showing for Watford. Um, you know, so Gomes is, is still getting uh, evaluated. Don't know how serious his injury is. I think our signings are going like to get another good, get a full week of practice with the first team. We're going to come out. Everton's going to beat Watford uh, 2-0. Dude, I'm so disappointed right now. We don't, I don't get to talk to you on a show next time we play. No. December Fine. 7th. Why don't you get to talk to them? Because, you know... We'll, we'll, it's December 7th. It's just going to be another day in the week. It's not Christmas yet. <laughs> but United will be done, most likely. Well, yeah, but there's... We're not, we can't do this every Monday, right? Well, there's still other stuff going on. I, I mean, mean, I'll talk to him about it, but it'll be, be might, text messages. Seth but, might want to we'll do get us to do, like, the... Uh, <laughs> The runners, man. MSL, they're going through December through March. They play right now. Season. December 7th. Yeah, we'll see. 
Yeah. I, I think we'll just get together. Pearl Harbor. Yeah, Premier League hours. That's it. We'll just do Premier League, and then we can just talk about the transactions of United. Hopefully, there it'll be some. Yeah. Don't worry, man. It'll be okay. We're here. We'll be hard. Okay? <laughs> All right. So that is, of course, our Dural Motors wrapped up recap from this week. We've also done, gone through our preview of Los Dos, Cox and Premier League. We're going to jump to a break, and we'll be right back after these words from Dural Motors. What? Oh, what was I gonna say? Dude, you need to you need to sign up on Tyler's Fantasy League. I, I just texted him, asked him if you could uh, still sign up. Yeah. Well. Go uh, create a, a account and team on Premier League fan, on fantasy, and then here's it. Oh no! <laughs> Hit the wrong button. Sorry. <laughs> can you hear the music? But can you? Welcome back to We Are Seek a Stripe Podcast. Here are your hosts, Seth and Chris. Thanks, Josh. We are back. We just had a fantastic segment. A lot of great conversation. A lot to look forward to this coming week. But right now, it's time for my, my favorite part of the show, our full-time fan Q&A. Brought to you, of course, by Roadrunner Law Firm. Josh, who you got first up? We, we, we got a lot, and it's about a specific player on okay. the United. I was telling Chris about this. I'll let the others go first because... Um, three of them were about a single player. Okay. Um, first, let's go. We can't. We can't have a show without Egan, of course. Egan, what's going on, buddy? Egan is saying, <laughs> I guess it's a British thing. He's saying he clucks. I guess is what <laughs> you, he says. It's all about Liverpool. Um, remember, I have my drink, his coffee mug. Remember, he told us when Eva was in studio that he's waving the, the Liverpool flag. He says y'all are going to get destroyed against us this year. Give us a hundred points. This year, guaranteed, I'll even put money on it if one of you clucks wants to put money on it. I thought Egan was a reading fan this no, whole time. He's a Liverpool. Oh, man. Remember when Eva was in here? He was telling us that he was enjoying his his Liverpool victory. I, I spent some time trying to think about, I Googled about a team that threw rice on the pitch, and I came up with reading, and I honestly thought that he was a reading fan this whole time. No. Um... So he says, how about it, boys? You clucks up to the the challenge of a <laughs> Liverpool getting 100 points. What do you guys think? Oh, and then, on. ha-ha, Josh, here is a, oh, I guess it's called a tissue over there, a hanky-wanky. <laughs> yeah. A hanky-wanky um, for you to dry those tears. Ha-ha, <laughs> Chelsea sucks. But <laughs> he says, don't worry, man, man you is right there. Oh, Egan. Hey, Egan, you know what? I've been trying to find you on Twitter, man. I don't know if you're on Twitter or if you have social media, but... Definitely uh, find us on social media, whether it be Twitter or Instagram, and, and, and hit us with your handles so we can we can 
keep up with you during the week. Okay. So, uh, uh, so we did talk about uh, possible point totals for this year last week when Tyler was on the show. Oh, we did. Huh? We talked. Uh, I think. I think the consensus was that if anyone's going to hit a hundred points, it's either going to be City or Liverpool. I think both of them have a real shot at doing it. And uh, Egan, if you're if you're interested, December fourth, <laughs> Everton Liverpool, Merseyside Derby. Ooh. You and I we'll, we put the, we'll put together a little friendly bet. How about that? Mm. Well, you know the Egan Strike. Premier League Cup is coming. Like we're we're gonna do that. Yeah. We're gonna create a scoreboard in here. <laughs> well, right now you got up. You got three points. So. Oh, you know, man, it's cool. <laughs> I'm the only one with points in this room. Well, no, you got one. I'm sorry, Seth. We have, we have we haven't played each other yet. Nail, nail. You just you. Are we doing against each other only? Well, should we do season or should we head to head comp like the cups? Just head to head. Why not? Okay, head to head. Then it is. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Josh, you're definitely not getting the cup. You're getting right. like a thimble. Well, if it takes you as long to get the UNM Hollitzer Cup to the hockey boys, I... Hey, it's on my counter. you got to just do it. All righty, next one is from Stephanie. Stephanie from San Jose. She said she drove up to the game to watch the fellas. Just the enthusiasm wasn't there, she said. It looked like these guys just really didn't want to be there. And that's just my opinion. I don't know how New Mexico United fans feel. But even them socializing on the sidelines. I don't know if you guys saw it on ESPN+. Plus. But it just looked like the team was just sitting there. They weren't really rooting on their team. What do you guys think? Is this? Did we peak too early in the season? Do you think that the United started hot and now are just starting to cool down? What do you guys think? I want to hear your guys' opinions. Hey. Um, but she said, thank you guys for always doing this. But to me, it just looks like they kind of were just like an eight-year-old kid going, eh. Hey, first of all, Stephanie, thanks for sending in your question. And that's cool to hear that you went to another match. Um, she's becoming quite the road warrior. We're gonna need you to take photos. Street team. We're gonna need you to take photos <laughs> at the match and uh, send them to Seek and Strike on Twitter or Instagram, and we'd love to repost those. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and take a shot at it, Seth. You could jump in next. Um, I think that we definitely got hot early in the season, but I don't think that it was because we knew any better. I think that we were a first year team, and we somehow got the best of a lot of clubs. Coming in, if you think about Phoenix and OC back to back, I mean, we weren't able to obviously sustain those leads because we lost them in the last final closing minutes. Um, but I don't think that we got hot because it was like some intentional thing. I think by chance we did really well. Now, what we're looking at is, you know, since we've played everyone once, it's like, okay, we now we're losing matches or we're drawing. So it's like, now if we're going to get hot, it's because they all have to buy in. Yeah, I think we definitely took some folks by surprise early on. I wouldn't necessarily say we peaked too early. Part of the part of what happened is we and we talked about a lot is we had the open cup run. Not to take anything away, we did have we had, did a fantastic job. But I think that really took away from our focus on the league. And so our league results were not where we wanted them to be. So we we kinda of dropped out of that form. I think if we hadn't if I think we'd just gone out in the first round that we were in the Open Cup, we would have been, we would have seen better results in the league throughout this. Well, we peaked in the Open Cup. If we didn't play the Open Cup, we, we would be just fine. I mean, you could certainly say that. I mean, I like that we did. I definitely think that we are improving from where we were two months ago. And I think we're going to see another little hot streak here, especially with how many matches we have at home. Can we just agree that that Phoenix match, like, we... Like, that's, to me, like, I don't know. We're not there yet, so we're not going to talk predictions, but we're going to have to definitely look at look ahead at the schedule and look at those teams, and we're going to have to, like, convince them to beat that team. 
Okay. Um, this one is from Brett in Santa Fe. First time caller, first time listener. Yeah. He always wanted right to say on, that. Brett. Um, he says, fellas, 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 what do you guys think? Um, I, I agree with what Josh said earlier um, with these are now do or die matches. Um, besides Reno, who do you see as a big threat to kind of be the team to watch out for and to knock us off our rocker? Phoenix. I, I mean, really, that's gonna, I think that's the toughest test coming up. Really, that's the one club that I'm concerned about whether or not we can beat. I would agree with Phoenix. Uh, I was pulling up the schedule right now because I feel like there's a sleeper team out there that could do it too. Um, let me see here. I don't want to necessarily say that it's Vegas again because I don't think that... What about OKC? Ooh. Yeah. I don't... Because we, we have to go over there now, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're definitely going to say Phoenix, Brett, and then... I mean, I'm looking at the schedule right now. Um, to me, like, we can't let teams like Tulsa or Rio Grande Valley or Tacoma get even a point. I think that that would be disappointing. That would be detrimental. Okay. Let's see here. We have... Uh, Brittany from Rio Rancho. She says, hey, guys, um, me and my son love the United. Um, we listen to you guys and the Curse cast, of course. Right. Um, she says, definitely like you guys to feel. You feel like you're more personal, so thank you for that. Um, she says, um, did the United do anything for the kids? I know they were at Volcano Vista one time uh, doing a training camp, but are the, do they get involved with the kids Soccer leagues, when they're not playing, I thought maybe you guys might have the inside scoop. If so, if you could please share. Well, they did. Oh, go ahead. What's uh, up? Uh, the club is very involved in all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, we see front office members on all kinds of things. Um, I know that the players uh, have been visiting schools recently. Uh, I've seen several things about that. They, they go to some of these events in and around the communities. Um, and I want to say that they do have... Uh, a lot of things coming up. Uh, let me see. I'll pull up the website here. But, yeah, I mean, definitely keep an eye on the club. There's so many things. Um, they do appearances. They do youth camps. Uh, there's, just, there's a lot to do. Yeah, they definitely are doing a lot of different things for the, for the kids. Like he's saying, training camps, uh, clinics. Um, yeah, Brett just said that he saw uh, or he got his alcohol served by um, Suggs. Huh. I don't think that's right. I think that's... Maybe, yeah. Schmitty, yeah, yeah. I think he meant Schmitty. Right. Because Schmitty is a bartender over at Ex Novo with our friend Steve-O. Oh, man, you just gave away his cover. <laughs> Everyone's going to go there. It's going to be crazy. Um, um, oh, well, you know, Brittany, we, we, got, we thank you for your feedback. Because um, they, po they post it on their website, right? United, they yeah, should. Yeah, they put everything... I mean, whenever something comes up, they plaster it all over social media, the club website... Um, there's nothing currently on like the youth page as far as any upcoming camps or anything, uh, but definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, like I said, they do they do all kinds of stuff in and around the community. Yeah, th thank you for your feedback, Brittany. We appreciate you listening. And if you if you, what you if you like what you heard tonight, or you just like us in general, definitely go to uh, um, wherever you listen to the podcast, whether it's. Uh, Apple or Spotify, and leave us uh, a rating and, uh, and some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Mm. 
We have a blast from the past, gentlemen. Here we go. Is it uh, Scott from Minnesota Nice? Scotty from Minnesota. He says, boys, boys, boys. Or should I say children, children, children. (laughs) How do you like the Minnesota United in the U.S. Open, the U.S. Open Cup Finals? This is good. Just give us the trophy. Um, You guys are cute winning your, your one game at home. But what happened yesterday, I was watching just to get a laugh because I needed some comedy in my life. And seeing you guys lose to Portland 2 made my day. So while you guys are over there playing Los Dos, I'll be celebrating or help beginning to celebrate my U.S. Open Cup championship and just enjoying and saying, you know what? You know who we got here to win to who we beat to get here? New Mexico United. And they're barely squeaking by Los Dos. Have a good night, gentlemen. Hey, what, what, wait, 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 wait. I know we're going to talk about this match in a little bit, so we're not going to give him what he wants, but we will, we will say this. Like, I believe a great philosopher once said, to, to, to be the man, you've got to beat the man, right? That is true. And apparently he's saying that we were the man to get there. So They're playing your team, right? Yes. But we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna, bit, we're gonna yeah. get there in a little bit. So don't, don't worry, Scott. You'll hear our thoughts. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll... You're not gonna be happy, but you'll hear them. Scotty. All right. Scooter. Next. Alrighty. Um. Let's see here. The the, the three texts that I've got were from Cynthia Ronaldo. R- That's funny. And of course Emilio. Um. They pretty much say the same thing. So I'm just gonna combine the three text messages yeah. into one. Um, they said, guys, very disappointed at Devin Sandoval lately. Um, he's a big enforcer. He's big uh, as a striker. But you know what? It doesn't seem like he's producing as much as he should as a striker. Um, I think personally that Devin Sandoval is better coming off the bench than he is starting. Um, they all pretty much want to hear our opinions about this. But they're just saying that, I don't know, maybe a Time to just sit him down a couple matches and let him think about his position, but mostly just is he a starter or is he more productive as a bench player? Nothing wrong with being a bench player. Mono Ginobili was a great bench player for the Spurs, but is it something that uh, it needs to be brought up with Troy? Go ahead, sir. I'll let you go ahead. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. I, I have a friend named Elijah. He he agrees with these guys. He was texting me during the game, and he just uh, – let me see if I can pull it up real quick, what he was saying. Um, while Josh is – While Josh is coming yeah, through his text messages. Uh, uh, this is what he said. Sandoval is trash. Dude really needs to only come off the bench in the 75th minute. Um, I've been saying for months now that he should only come off the bench. He generates zero offense. Bruce is better than him. Wow. Dang, that's, that's intense. I mean... Yeah. And pretty much so, these people agree. So the first thing you got to... As far as that comparison goes, Bruce is a very different player than Devin. Bruce's role in the, in the club is different from that. Devin is in there as a big physical body who is going to be more of a hold-up style player than he is a goal scorer like Kevon. Takes a swallow. If you watch the way if you watch the way they play when they're in there together, you often see Devin dropping in closer to the midfield 
um, or even hitting him on both, do it, they all they yeah. switch off. Yeah. But Devin's job is to hold that ball up for Kevon. Let other players get up into position to help generate that attack. So he's, he's still a young guy. He's 28. You know, he's, he's been in, I think, all but like three of the matches, three or four, three or four of the matches so far. The guy is an MLS player. Yeah. I mean, you know, like the guy played. I mean, he for, was good yeah. enough to play MLS. Yes. You know, um, yes, he has four goals on the season. 25 shots, 11 on target. He's averaging a goal about every three matches, give or take. It's tough to say that he's... I, I, I can't bring myself to say that he's trash or that he doesn't deserve a spot because of the role that he plays in the club. Again, it's very different what he does compared to Kevon or Santi or any of the other guys. His job is to be almost a facilitator role. Think of Juan Pablo was had the body size that Devin does. That and he's distributing the ball, holding up play, and allowing our the rest of the club to get into position. That's the role. Well, I think people gotta understand like just because you're up front doesn't necessarily mean that your role is just to shoot all night. Romelu Lukaku. <laughs> Hater, <laughs> hater, haterists. But uh, I, you know, that's not that's not his role. Is not to be the the Santi Moar or the Weehan or the Ryan Williams for that matter. I mean, he's got he has a different role. Like Seth says, I mean, he is playing up front. He is a body. He is creating obstruction, and he is getting in some some tight spaces to create these these gaps. You know, but I mean, I mean you have to look at his body. Yes, he has stuffed some shots. We, we've, we've seen him. Oh, we've seen him. I mean, he's I had mean, big shots at big times. What, I mean, I want to put this question out. If he'd hit that goal last night, would we be having this conversation? No. We surely wouldn't be. Fairweather fans, boo this man. I'm not even saying that. <laughs> I wouldn't... Uh, I'm not would saying you. I'm not saying. Fan. But we wouldn't be having would, this conversation. Yeah. No, if he had hit that goal, we, I, don't, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. I don't think you can put this game on one guy. No. You can't... I, it, it, Unlike other people are going to do it though. Well, people are going to do it because maybe there's a little ignorance as to what the guy is used for. So, but here's the thing, okay? And then let me tie my response right now into this next thing I want to say. On Friday morning, I will be sitting down with coffee with Troy at the Cinnamon uh, Cinnamon Coffee Shop. It's only for season ticket holders, and if you RSVP'd, you're one of a hundred people that are going to be sitting in this coffee shop. So if you guys have any questions that you want to ask Troy, um, definitely send them either to our Twitter, if you're on Twitter, at SeekandStrikeNM. Send it to our Instagram if you want to get in the DM, um, or send them to Collective at gmail.com if you have questions for Troy. Um, and I'll ask those on Friday because it seems like I think some of these questions you might want to dial down to Troy. Seven o'clock, I'll be asking these questions. And I think, I think part of this conversation goes back to what we were talking about earlier, too. The, the, the 11, the, the lineup, the teacher that, that Troy's putting out. I don't necessarily think that Dev and Kev is the best partnership. Yes, they work well together, but looking at how we play in that system with both of them, I think we're, I think we're more successful when it's Dev and Chris or Kev and Chris because they play off of each other better. So, you know, I just, 
I can't say that he doesn't deserve a roster spot. I can't. I can't agree with the the characterizations that are that have been put out there. Um, but I understand the frustrations. Like you look at any player, you know, any sport. Your favorite player strikes out or misses the field goal or you know. No hate towards Chicago Bears fans. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Or or Kev missing the PK. I mean, every player is going to have off moments. No one's going to be perfect 100% of the time. You, a lot of it, again, comes down to understanding the role within the system and how are they performing that role. Now, I think Dev's done a very good job with the time that he's been on the pitch. So, is that it? That's it. Do we have any other questions? Just dial in real quick. No, no, that's it. All right, so that's going to do it for our full-time fan Q&A, brought to you, of course, by Roadrunner Law Firm. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after these words from Roadrunner Law. Please don't talk about Atlanta United just yet. <laughs> Please, because I want to get in that. Welcome back to We Are Seek and Strike Podcast. Here are your hosts, Chris. Wait, where is he? Seth and Josh. How about that? <laughs> Thanks, Josh. We are, of course, back. And you know, we, we appreciate all of our fans, who, uh, all the listeners who sent in questions this week. You know, Chris had to step away from the table for just a moment. Oh, there he is. He's coming uh, back. He had to run and get another. There is no bathroom. Flamingo scarf <laughs> or something. I don't really oh, know. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, it, so... The pink We've got a, just a few like minutes left you. here. <laughs> and you know what? It's okay. Okay. You know, there's a there's a lot of stuff going on in soccer this week. You know, of course, you know, Premier League week two. We've got USL, but there are two big matches coming up uh, here in the next few weeks. First off, we've got the Campeones Cup uh, this week. It's actually Wednesday night. Atlanta United against Copa America, the winner of Liga MX. The Campeon de Campeones in Mexican soccer. So that, of course, is going to be at 
Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We're only talking about this because of why? Because Atlanta United is in this match. All of no. a sudden, they're in this match. Well, we weren't. We weren't around for the last one where Toronto lost <laughs> to Tigris last year. So, if Atlanta had not won, would we be talking Absolutely. about this? Get. Absolutely. No. It, it, this goes to the partnership between Liga MX and, and MLS. Okay. I mean, they're trying to build a confederation, you know, larger tournaments, much like we see in Europe with the, with UEFA, with Champions League. We're trying to, they're trying to build this, and this is just one step of it. So, so this is the battle of the champions, right, from yeah, last year? Yeah, battle of champions, okay. yeah. So Tigris won the MX, and Atlanta United was, of course, MLS champions. Um, this is going to be between Club American and, and Atlanta United. Yeah, sure is. And so, I mean, it's... Two very good clubs. Um, I'm pulling up the, the Club America schedule here. I don't know that they're very far into their schedule yet. Um, so, but looking at Atlanta United, they've been playing a lot better. They're second in the standings. They're ten one and three at home. Ten one and three. Best home record in all of MLS right now. I'm sorry, except for LAFC. But we're not talking LASC. Mercedes said, Benz you Stadium. got something right here, man. Yeah, Brown. I know. I'm saying, like, I'm saying seriously, like, <laughs> you, like, these guys have played a lot of games, and I'm just barely hearing about Atlanta United. They've been playing for a while, right? Uh, yeah, they've been playing 72, for a while. 72,000. I've just barely been hearing Seth talk about it recently. Why so is that? Wow. Their He's last been match. <laughs> so, let's see. They've only just started their season. Club mm. America has. No, no, no. I know. Okay. Club America has only just started their season. They're they just finished match day fourteen. So let's see. Right now they are. Uh, my screen is not showing one of the matches. Oh come on! You know you want to load. So they beat Club Tijuana on eight three. They beat Toluca yesterday. They drew with Leon. And let's see. We are setting up a GoFundMe for Seth's new laptop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like from nineteen eighty. It is a brand new laptop. So the, they are three one and zero. Okay. On the season, so it's a very young season. Atlanta United was in a similar position at the start of the MLS season, where they had uh, Concacaf Champions League, which is basically their preseason. They had no time together under. New manager Frank DeBoer. And now, you know, the, the table's kind of reversed. Do we see an MLS club beat a Liga MX club for hardware? How's it been the previous years? Uh, the only other time that this, that this match has taken place was last year. Tigres beat Toronto FC. Badly? Uh, I think it was 3 1. I don't know. I think Atlanta is a different club than Toronto. I'm going to give the advantage to you, my friend. I'm going to say Atlanta takes this one. Um, will it be close? We don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't watch Atlanta. Atlanta. Um, I don't watch. You don't watch the, Southern. Sports. I don't watch. <laughs> uh, somebody, somebody, <laughs> no, I don't watch that on on yeah. Telemundo. Um, Man, Josh, you're going to get lynched. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, beat Toronto FC three one last year. I give the advantage to you, my friend, just because I'm rooting for you. Right. I'm rooting for you. Chris, what do you think? Ooh. I'll give you this one. <laughs> I'll give you this one, but I, I kind of think Club of Man is going to... Do something? 
I do think they're going to do something, but I can't bet the whole house against the man tonight. I mean, we already... The Open Cup final is going to be different, though, I think. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Well, we'll, well, we're not there yet. Let's okay. just... Okay, sorry. Uh, Atlanta United over Club American, but I am going to make a little post on social media to kind of get your guys' feeling what I should, on what we, you think. What you do is like a FIFA, let the computer play and see how these two teams do against each other. I if I had a, if I had a copy of FIFA, I, I do. I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll, FIFA twenty. Yes. I'll, no, no, not twenty. I had nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll I'll let the computers play against each other, yeah. simulate the game, and see who comes out on top. There we go. I like it. That's a good idea. So all right. And, and honestly, for me, yes, I am an Atlanta United fan. I'm a huge supporter of the club, but it's a big deal for MLS. That's what's that's the big thing about this is can an MLS club beat a Mexican club a Liga MX club for hardware Man, it's, rivalry yeah it's all it's only going to grow the sport I mean battle the Alamo all over again that's the big thing so the other thing that's coming up is of course Open Cup Final it is uh, <laughs> the 27th I believe Atlanta United and Minnesota United Scotty here's your you know, scooter here's your uh, scooter for I mean, you've got two of the top clubs in MLS right now. Atlanta United, of course, sitting uh, second in the table. They are 13-9-3. Again, this match will be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You know, a veritable fortress for, for uh, Atlanta United. Minnesota United sitting third in the Western Conference. 11-8-5 on the season. They're but rising. Four. They are rising. They did lose the other day. They are four seven and one on the road. Seven losses on the road for Minnesota United, going into one of the toughest places in all of MLS to play. Hey, Scooter! <laughs> Ever see what happened at the in Happy Gilmore? You're gonna go down, buddy. I don't know. This is gonna be a good match, though. This could be one I actually sit and watch. <laughs> I, I think it's gonna be a good match. Now, these two clubs haven't really played. A whole lot. Uh, they did play earlier this year. Atlanta did beat Minnesota United 3-0. And was that in Atlanta? That was in Atlanta. Ooh. And, of course, there was the infamous Snow Bowl in their inaugural seasons for both clubs. Atlanta went up to Minnesota. I believe it was 6-1 was the final score in Minnesota in the snow. And another thing to take into account is that in the semifinal matchup, Minnesota United did beat Portland. Atlanta, um, that was a home match for Minnesota, I believe. I'll double-check on that. Um, Seth Hinton with stats. But in their last match, <laughs> Atlanta United in the semifinals played on the road against Mickey Mouse FC. What? Yes. Atlanta United was on the road in the semifinals against Mickey Mouse FC down in Orlando. Without oh. Joseph Martinez, beat Orlando City 2 0. So. Seth is like a lawyer, man. He's a Atlanta United. He's that mean defense attorney. <laughs> is one of the. I mean, they're both tough clubs, no doubt about it. We, we saw what you know, Minnesota United did to FC Cincinnati, a USL championship club. We also saw what they did to New Mexico United in the Open Cup. But the you know I mean you gotta look at it objectively. What happens in this match? Does Minnesota United come into Atlanta 
and up in the defending MLS champions. Do they get a shot at champion at CONCACAF champions? I don't know. I'm staring at Chris. I think he's wearing a, a Minnesota United. So what I got on here... Sorry, did you check my level, Josh? I, I got a little excited right there. Um, hey, uh, so I got this... Battle of the Birds scarf on. It's between uh, Forward Madison and Minnesota United. It's a friendly scarf, right? Because a good amount of the uh, Flamingo players also play on uh, Minnesota United and, and vice versa. They've loaned some Minnesota United players to Forward Madison. So what what you what I gotta say here is uh, Minnesota United. I feel like the Lee Corso of of the U- <laughs> of of soccer right now because I'm I'm wearing this scarf and I'm gonna have to represent and say Minnesota United takes it and we're gonna hear another rendition of Wonderwall. So sorry Seth, but You're going I'm, with bet- I'm, on bet- this one, huh? I'm betting against you, Scott. You, right now you you got me this time. I'll be watching it. I'll be watching Minnesota United. When's that game take, take place? It. So the Open Cup is on I believe it's on the twenty seventh. Let me get to the oh, so what's done? tab I have here. So Yes, inaugural season, Atlanta United went up to Minnesota, beat Minnesota United 6-1 in the snow. They did uh, have another matchup later that season. Minnesota did win 3-2. That one was in Atlanta. But since then, I mean, they said the last matchup, Atlanta United won 3-0 in Atlanta. We've got Joseph Martinez, we're fully healthy. I don't know. What, what, is, what do you got here? I'll give it to Seth again, just because I don't want to hear Scooter Pooter over here. Oh, uh, good. 4 <laughs> 2, uh, Atlanta United. 4 2. Where are you getting these scores from, Josh? 4 2. 4 right. 2. I just want to see a high scoring game, man. I don't want to see a 0 0. A high scoring game? Match. <laughs> I think Atlanta could do it. I mean, they're in. Falcon Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Falcon I can't Stadium. say Mercedes Benz. Horrible car. Um, I mean, maybe it is. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, 4 2. 4 2. All right. So, yeah, I mean, history is not on Minnesota United's side in this, in this series. I got one for the little guys. NASL to MLS. They're definitely like they got the New Mexico United story going. Right, because I mean, they came up just like we're coming up, yeah. And they crossed over, so I'm gonna say, dude, Minnesota United frost the tips, and they're gonna go ahead and take <laughs> and take and take the uh, United out. Sorry, no. it's not gonna happen. I mean, Atlanta's too good at home. You know, a healthy squad. So, History is going against Minnesota United. So what do we got on this? Three uh, one Atlanta. What, what, what's our friendly? Friendly bet on this one. <laughs> friendly bet? You're not even a Minnesota United supporter. I can't know. I, hey, you know what? Half the time you're not Told an Atlanta. You, he jumps, jump ships, well, man. Half the time you're not even an Atlanta fan, except for the fact that now they're... What did you say a couple weeks ago? You said, if Atlanta doesn't take it seriously, I'm not going to take it seriously. And then all of a sudden, you're like an Atlanta United fan again. I, I never We're going to have to look oh, back at the tape. That's a text. I know I've got that text somewhere. We're gonna have to look back at the. I think you no. only started getting serious about them like that time that you were in Atlanta. <laughs> I have been serious about Atlanta United since its inception. But not the Open Cup. You did say that you didn't care about the Open Cup. God will strike you down now. You, you did say you didn't care about it because you said they didn't Do care we have about this on a show? 
Or yeah. is it a text or a show? I think I have it we as have, a text. We might have to look at some show tape too. Facts, facts Finder. I never said I didn't care about the Open Cup. I've, we've talked several times about MLS clubs not caring about the Open Cup. Ooh. Not about me. I'm going to find it. So, anyway, Chris is going to try to find some uh, incriminating most evidence. likely non existent text message that he thinks is going to dispute my uh, Atlanta United family. His but, uh, allegiance to That's going to do it for us tonight. You know, of course, our show would not be possible without our sponsors. Uh, I want to give a huge thank you to Gerald Motors and Roadrunner Law, Roadrunner Law Firm for their continued support of everything that we do. And, of course, if you're listening in and you are interested in teaming up with, with us and, with, and support what we're doing here at Seek and Strike, uh, you can, of course, email us at seekandstrikecollective at gmail.com. And, of course, you know, we have to thank you guys for tuning in tonight. And as for those that have downloaded the podcast, we're thankful for that. Uh, you can listen to all previous episodes of We Are Streak and Strike podcast or We Are Seek and Strike podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also on Google Podcasts as well as Castbox. If you hear something you like, please consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. We thrive from feedback. Please leave us a review. Uh, and for all of our Seek and Strike social media, you can go on our website, SeekandStrikeCollective.com. Well, guys, it's been fun. But we got to get out of here. Well, guys, that's going to do it for us here tonight. We will be back next Monday at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time for Alicia, Seth, Chris, and myself. We are Seek and Strike Collective, and you've been listening to We Are Seek and Strike Podcast. Goodbye! five words to name the show. What you got? Mm. Catchy. I do catchy, I do factual. No. It's gotta be catchy. We got it. We're we're trying to draw some some eyes on the sucker. Five words, five words. Something that was said during the show. Bust out a hot take.